Andy Bates. We're talking about uh, specialized pastoral ministry and chaplains uh, serving in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Joining me by phone today, Deaconess Tiffany Mater. She's called by the New England District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod to be the Deaconess for Human Care and also serves with Lutheran Friends of the Deaf. Deaconess Mater, welcome. Thank you. Glad to talk with you. A pleasure to have time to talk with you today, learning more about your vocation as a deaconess serving in uh, in human care and with Lutheran Friends of the Deaf uh, in the New England District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Tell us what led you to consider this vocation of deaconess and in this this specific type of ministry. Oh, sure. So I uh, started working for church organizations um, probably about... 16, 17 years ago now, and I, I started working um, more in administration, uh, the business and the things. That was my first career. And I, I realized as I was fielding phone calls from um, congregation members in the, the church office at, at one point in time that um, there were suffering going on in, in individuals' lives, and I felt ill-equipped to respond to them in a... Um, theologically responsible manner. I, I didn't know what to say. I felt inadequate. And then um, I learned more about the vocation of deaconess and uh, felt like I was looking in a mirror of, oh, that's, um, that's in my heart um, who I want to be, someone who, who cares for her neighbor and love and mercy and, and shares Christ's love with people. So it was um, through that, that that led me to the seminary to, to study in um, actually what was a, uh, a new thing at that point in time, a distance training program for deaconesses. So I'm a second career deaconess. And then um, throughout my training at the seminary and uh, my internship requirements, which is like field work for, for seminarians, uh, I w- was being asked to serve in, in areas uh, like disaster response, uh, providing for the spiritual care and, and needs of people in disasters, um, but also um, part of my internship was fulfilled at a local uh, YMCA, and the, the board of directors and executive director of the YMCA uh, heard about my seminary training and said, boy, we would love um, to have you provide some chaplaincy services to our staff um, and to our members, and there's uh, YMCAs all over the country who have chaplains, so would you be um, in that role here at our YMCA? So that was my first opportunity to serve in a, a workplace type of chaplaincy um, setting. So what were you called on to do in that type of setting, uh, serving in the chaplaincy setting with the YMCA? Sure. So we um, had a couple of populations of people that I, I was serving, uh, the, the members, the people who belonged to the YMCA. Uh, you know, YMCA is a, a fitness type of facility, but goes beyond that uh, to, to uh in their mission statement to talk about serving people in mind, body, and, and uh, spirit. Um, so we had the, the members of the YMCA as well as the staff, and um, we, we provided the opportunity for people to receive a, a type of peer counseling. I'm not a, a licensed clinical provider, um, you know, but spiritual care and, um, you know, to bring to, to me any of the burdens and issues in their lives that, that they would like to have some spiritual care um, around those, those topics. I would pray with them, um, provide referrals um, to licensed providers, licensed clinical providers as they needed it. Um, uh, I led some Bible study type programs, um, other Christian emphasis uh, types of programs, things like 
Financial Peace University actually facilitated that, which ended up becoming a bit of a support group for people who are having uh, financial challenges in their lives. So that's, that's where I started um, throughout my internship and um, the first, uh, my first call out of seminary in that type of workplace setting and, and also caring for members who would, I guess, be a community of, of, of people as well, but they just didn't necessarily share a, a church setting, but they all um, understood that, that it was a Christian uh, parachurch organization. What, uh, tell me uh, about the, your work now that you do in the New England District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod and Lutheran Friends of the Deaf. Tell me about the, the work that you do there. Sure. So uh, about four years ago, the New England District called me to care for the uh, workers, the rostered, commissioned, and ordained workers within the New England District. So uh, my title is Deaconess for Human Care, but we understand that to really mean caring for the workers, although I am a, a resource to any of the congregations in New England on um, human care or other mercy topics and matters that they may um, have questions about or need support on, but I spend the bulk of my time uh, providing care, uh, spiritual care to to our pastors, to their, their wives, their children, and to our commissioned uh, ministers, the teachers, DCEs, deaconesses, and, and their family members as well here in, in New England. Um, so that takes on, oh, um, a variety. It, it can look a, a, like a lot of different things, but it, it, I spend a lot of time uh, caring for people one-on-one, visiting them, um, listening to them, bearing burdens with them, praying with them. Um, and then with Lutheran Friends of the Deaf, uh, the, the New England District shared me with Lutheran Friends of the Deaf, uh, which is an RSO, uh, recognized service organization of the, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And uh, Lutheran Friends of the Deaf asked me to provide care for uh, the staff on the, uh, and program participants on the, the campus, which is in, uh, located in Milnack, New York, as well as providing some other uh, support to to things that the RSO has need of. But at Milnick, um, I provide spiritual care to uh, primarily, it, it ends up being the, the staff. There's uh, several hundred people who work uh, for the Milnick family of organizations. And uh, myself and a couple of my colleagues who are uh, teammates on the Lutheran Friends of the Deaf staff, we've got a, a, what's soon to be three deaconesses and a, and a pastor um, who provide care and um, uh, make appointments uh, with, with a staff member, stop by their offices to visit, hear about what's going on in their lives, and uh, apply the, the gospel and God's word um, to, to whatever m- may be appropriate in their situ- situation. Um, we offer Bible studies uh, for our campus community and chapel services where we bring local pastors in to, to um, provide services of, of God's word for the, the campus community there. How did your education, your, your formation as a deaconess at, at the seminary, at Concordia Theological Seminary, um, how did that prepare you for the ways that you serve today? Oh, well, um, it was amazing um, you know, being in the distance program and getting to go to campus a couple of times a year for intensive classes um, and, and how that all informed the, the ways that I, I serve our, our Lord and His people since then. Um, being a second career deaconess brought a lot of life experience with me into the to the deaconess program. Um, we had classes in uh, diaconal counseling, um, 
practicums and uh, courses and um, in, in practical uh, matters of ministry and, and how we care for one another um, as students um, and, and throughout our field work, we were actively caring for, for one another on campus. So it was uh, very theological and uh, very grounding in um, the, the coursework of, of learning God's Word and, and our exegetical study, our intense study of, of um, the, the various books of the Bible, but also very, very practical in the, the, the classes we had in, in care and counseling and, and mercy um, topics that we uh, studied and shared with one another as, as students. Um, so that, I mean, the, the bulk of my training to um, be engaged as you know, somebody who provides care and, and um, chaplaincy service in the workplace was at the seminary. I, I did just complete, actually, a unit of um, clinical pastoral education. That was my first unit. Uh, a lot of chaplains um, would have a, a great deal more experience with uh, clinical pastoral education or known as CPE than, than I do. I have just one unit. Um, but I also received some training um, disaster response training and that uh, critical incident response and, and crisis care uh, through my my internship and some um, experiences I had with volunteering with the Red Cross and training with the Red Cross, as well as our Lutheran disaster response um, program of the Lutheran early response team training. So I've you know kind of drawing from a lot of different areas of um, of experience and training that I've had to, to um, inform how I serve people now. Paint a picture for me. Uh, tell the the story that the stories I should say from your vocation, from your experience, that really help us understand. Uh, that really show us what your vocation is all about. Sure. Well, so many of the stories that I encounter and the pictures I might paint are um, really intensely personal and, and confidential things. So. Um, I did check with a, a few people that uh, came to mind that I, I thought would be open um, to my sharing their stories with you when we talked today and did receive their permission, although I'm not going to use names or, or places to help them uh, retain their privacy and uh, have a trust in the, the confidence that they place in, in me as a professional who's providing them with, with a confidential and, and private care. So um, having said all of that, um, for me, one of the more meaningful uh, experiences uh, goes back to my time with the uh, as in, in workplace chaplaincy where um, one of the employees had a, a family situation going on where a loved one was hospitalized unexpectedly with a, a very critical situation and they weren't certain if this loved one was going to live or to die uh, this employee is a, a Christian, not necessarily a Lutheran Church Missouri Synod member, but someone who um, had faith in, in Jesus Christ and, and um, believed in the triune God, and a, a member of a local church, a local congregation, that was actually um, experiencing a pastoral vacancy. So uh, this person didn't have a, a pastor who could come quite as easily. There was a, a vacancy pastor, um, but someone who wasn't as readily at hand to come to the hospital and, and um, be with the family in the midst of this crisis. So uh, they asked me to, to come and spend some time with them, and I, I was really happy to do so. So in that, it, it was a, a picture that would be pretty similar to, um, you know, a deaconish in a, a parish setting or, you know, a, a, a pastor, 
an elder, a Stephen minister who, who might walk alongside someone who was going through difficulties. I, I went to the hospital and visited um, a couple of times during this situation, this health situation. But then the loved one took a turn for the worse. And really, because I developed a relationship with this individual before uh, things got really critical and then their family members had gotten to know me through some hospital visits, um, they trusted in the relationship and, and the care that I provided to them and called me in the middle of the night and said, we're, we're really upset. We don't know if our loved one's going to survive much longer. Um, can you come up here? Can you come be, and be with us? They could have had the, the hospital chaplain. There were chaplains on staff at the hospital come and be with them, but they wanted someone that they knew, that they, they trusted, that had loved them and, and had bared burdens with them for a while. So I went up there with them, and we prayed and read scripture, and I, I stayed there for a few hours with the family. Um, then in the really early morning hours, um, their vacancy pastor came. And um, I stayed a little while longer, but then um, you know, kind of passed the um, care baton on to their, their vacancy pastor at their, their local congregation um, and went home. Um, but that's a little bit of a picture of what it can look like when someone um, comes to, to trust and um, receive the, the Lord's blessing um, through some, you know, a, a workplace type of chaplain. Um, another situation was when uh, one of our employees was uh, came came into work and and was experiencing a family situation that had, oh, in some ways, I guess, a distraction and, and um, the. Hard to hard to focus on work because a loved one had had recently died, and so uh, I was able to. It was actually the first time I'd, I'd ever met that person, so we didn't have much of a relationship to draw on at that point in time. But spent some time with the individual. Um, we we prayed and um, also uh, stayed in touch afterwards, um, and developed more of a relationship as the the weeks and months went by, um, but this individual became even more engaged and, and committed uh, to her faith. She'd, she'd always been a Christian, but started to read the Bible more, started coming to uh, some of the Bible study opportunities in our workplace, um, and, and her faith really developed. It, it ended up that she was uh, received instruction um, and became connected. I, I connected her to a local um, LCMS congregation, and, and she started uh, going through catechism classes with the pastor, um, attending the church, and um, you know, became uh, an LCMS congregational member through, through the process of, of receiving the instruction from the pastor. So it started with uh, just a rough day at, at home that led to a rough day at work, and a relationship developed, and over the years became um, really someone growing in her faith and, and receiving um, from Jesus Christ through the, the local pastor and the local congregation. That's one of my favorite stories. What can you describe? What your most challenging day in your vocation has been? Oh, well, um, for me, it it was uh, actually my first day on the job with the New England District. I had uh, been called by the board of directors. I hadn't even been installed yet, and uh, there was a, a situation with one of our our workers' families where uh, family members where they were hospitalized. And uh, I actually decided to stop by the hospital, and uh, it was someone that I, I had known beforehand, had a, a relationship with, had a, actually was someone I was really good friends with. 
I stopped by the hospital. And my timing, um, well, I guess it could be looked at one of two ways. It was either terrible timing or it was the Lord's timing. But I got there right as a physician was sharing the news with the family um, of this married couple that um, it was a, a really serious diagnosis and then there was going to be um, surgery following very, very soon, uh, within a matter of, of a couple of hours. So I thought I was uh, stopping by to see a, um, a friend at the hospital who was going to be released later that day, only to uh, find out very quickly, um, I actually walked into the hospital room and uh, was asked to step back outside in the hallway because the doctor was there, and I could hear the, the sounds of um, tears and, and upset coming from the hospital room, and, and I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know what's going on, but um, I, I believe the Lord has brought me here at this time for a reason, and so I spent that entire day uh, with the family there at the hospital and, and helped um, take care of some of the, the practical needs. I called a pastor who was able to come and um, provide the, the Lord's Supper to the family before the surgery started um, and sat with the family throughout the surgery um, and then walked with them in the, the days and weeks to come, actually for about, well, I still, <laughs> I still am in touch with the family, and, um, but it was uh, a, ultimately a terminal diagnosis, and my friend died about... Um, 15, 16 months later. So that, that was the hardest day of the job because it, it was such an uh, um, unexpected event and it, it changed so quickly. And my relationship moved from being a friend to being their deaconess um, just in, in a moment's time. Hmm. How do you bring today, how do you bring uh, Christ's word and mercy to those you serve? Well, um, for a lot of people that I serve, it's um, it's through my presence. Um, I embody Christ. I'm, I'm you know baptized into Christ, um, and so I, I uh, take Him with me into every situation, and I share His love and, and mercy with them. Uh, particularly for people who are uh, not Christians, and they they need to be cared for in um, the, the workplace chaplaincy that um, I do and. Um, on the Milnet campus, um, so so in, in that way, it's it's um, you know just a, a true um, and, and literal bringing Christ and um, with me into that into that room into that setting. Um, as I am able to, particularly uh, with folks who are already uh, Christians who are, are believers in, in the Triune God and in um, His Word, um, I'm able to point to Christ. I listen to what they have to say. I hear what they believe about God. Um, at times, I, I'm able to share what I believe about our triune God. Um, that d- depends on what they're um, able um, and, and ready and willing to hear about about God, um, because there are times where I'm serving people who um, who either don't believe in, in God at all, or they may have some abstract idea of a, a, a deity, or maybe they um, have a, a completely different um, participation in a, a world religion. Um, but I, I care for all of the people um, who have, have need of a spiritual care and emotional care. Um, I, I help them to see their circumstances in light of Scripture, um, pray for um, those who are, are willing and open to prayer. Um, for for those who 
um, believe. I, I read scripture with them. Uh, the Psalms are particularly um, helpful and, and useful for people who are undergoing trying times. Uh, so all, all of that. As you continue to uh, to serve in this vocation, any with just about a minute left, uh, any words to those who might be considering in a similar vocation as a deaconess or a chaplain or uh, some form of chaplaincy? I can't stress enough that my um, my training, um, the the wonderful theological education I received as a deaconess at the seminary, how that has uh, benefited and manifested in all of the vocations in my life. So um, I highly recommend it to any woman, um, even if uh, you're not interested in necessarily serving in a professional sense in the church. I never actually expected to. I thought I would just uh, be a better equipped, um, really engaged church volunteer. Um, I didn't really ever expect to be doing what I'm doing, and um, the Lord had um, plans for me that I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams. So I you know, commend that to, to any woman who um, loves to study God's Word and, and wants to take it on at, at a, um, a level of seminary training. Um, and, and also, uh, for those who maybe see an opportunity to provide uh, care, to uh, receive some training, maybe through a, a, a CPE unit or um, some of the disaster response training that I receive that, that's helpful for um, any type of, of layperson or, or church worker, for that matter. Um, and then see how how God uh, will put them to use uh, if if there's a manager or a director of a, a workplace environment that could see value in having someone in a chaplaincy role in their workplace. Uh, I also highly recommend it's, it's wonderful for employees to, to feel loved by their employer, uh, to get sets apart an individual or perhaps a team of individuals to say, these are people who are going to care for you. We don't, we don't only have our um, health insurance, but we also care about your, your spirit and your soul. Um, so I would you know, commend that to anyone who has influence over some of those types of decision-making to think about having chaplains in a workplace. It's, um, it's a growing area of chaplaincy, as I understand it from others but um, untapped potential there. So um, those would be my words of advice to, to both individuals who are interested, but also those who might have the influence to, to encourage spiritual care in a, in a workplace. My guest today, Deaconess Tiffany Maynard. She's called by the New England District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, to be Deaconess for Human Care. And she also serves with Lutheran Friends of the Deaf. Deaconess Maynard, thank you so much for being my guest. Oh, thank you for having me. 